Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 127 of the Childless Not By Choice podcast. My mission is to recognize and speak to childless not by choice women and men around the world, reminding you that you can live a joyful, relevant, fulfilled, childless not by choice life. I also welcome you if you are not childless not by choice. Maybe you did not want children. Maybe you have children. Thank you for tuning in. Well, before we continue, I'd like to take just a moment to thank the people who send me money every month, my Patreon patrons. Uh, Your contributions help pay my podcast producer, my podcast host, Zoom, where I interview most of my guests, etc., etc., etc. Thank you so very much for your monthly donations. If you are not yet a patron and would like to join in, visit patreon.com forward slash childless not by choice to set up your monthly contribution for as little as $5 per month. And no matter your giving level, I have a gift for you. So be sure to leave your address. It is secure in the Patreon platform. So thanks again. And also, if you prefer to just give via PayPal, you can find me at PayPal at booksbysevillamorgan at gmail.com. So again, your contributions are appreciated. Thank you. Thank you to Jordan Morgan. Thank you to the Knights. Thank you, Susie. And anyone else who wants to make a contribution to this platform, thank you. So that is out of the way. Guess what, you guys? We have a guest. I've been promoting this guest for a little while. And if you listen to episode 125, I told you why This episode was not the first episode of the year. It was all my fault. (laughs) Our guest was kind enough to come back for a redo, and I really do appreciate it. Let me go ahead and introduce you to her. Uh, Mrs. Marilissa Beatty is the current Mrs. Pennsylvania America 2020. She was crowned in August of 2020 and will be competing for the title of Mrs. America. Marilissa holds an MA in Strategic Communication from Villanova University. She is the CEO and Principal of Key Qualitative Inc. and the Key Messages app, both businesses specializing in global qualitative research. Marilissa is highly active in her community and is an advocate for fellow infertile and childless women to share their many gifts with the world through community service. As Mrs. Pennsylvania, Marilissa will dedicate the next year to continuing her service work and uh, promoting her platform bigger than infertility. In the coming months, she will be spearheading a nationwide volunteer service hours drive within the childless and infertile community to spread the message of living a life that is, quote unquote, bigger than infertility. While helping others in the world around us and promoting the fact that we are worthy. For more information on Marilissa, her platform, or volunteer hours, Drive, as that project develops, you can find her on Instagram at Mrs. Pennsylvania underscore 2020. I've already started following her. I just follow everything she's doing. She's pretty awesome. Welcome to the show, Marilissa. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Sevilla. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem at all. It's great to be able to introduce you to the Childless Not By Choice community. The first question I have for you is, how did you get into the world of pageantry, if that's a word? Take <laughs> it that, is. That world a little bit. <laughs> yes. So um, I 
didn't have any involvement in the world of pageantry at all through my life, actually, until the age of 34. And at that particular time in my life, I wasn't feeling particularly motivated at that point. I was looking for some type of new challenge, but I wasn't particularly feeling really excited to eat nutritious food or go to the gym or anything like that. So I was kind of racking my brain trying to find a new challenge. And it just so happened that I was watching Netflix one day and I came across the movie Dumplin'. Mm-hmm. which is a movie with Jennifer Aniston and a number of others. Um, it's based on the novel of the same name. And essentially in this movie, a young girl who's a bit of an outcast, you know, she's a bit overweight and she happens to have a mother who was a pageant queen in the past and doesn't necessarily respect the daughter, her daughter, the way she should. So her daughter ended up joining a pageant kind of to spite her mother, (laughs) which isn't at all the thing that inspired me. Um, But ultimately, Dumplin', who had always been an outcast and never felt so good about herself, um, joined this pageant kind of for all the wrong reasons. But along the way, learned a lot about herself, learned a lot about her mom and her mother, um, respected her more and they regained a bond. Anyway, I'm going to be honest, most of the movie had nothing to do with me. However, it sparked an idea in my mind that I should look into pageantry because it seemed just crazy enough that I should try it. And I found that um, adult pageants were a thing and I signed up right away. And honestly, it changed my life. Wow. So (laughs) at age 34, you, I mean, so this just tells us that uh, you know, and 34 is young, but it's just, it's, I think we're all thinking 20s when we think pageants, mm-hmm. but it's good to know that we can get in if we, if we want to get into pageants at 34, because I think you also have a, um, a friend that joined uh, even later, and there's actually an age group for later than 34. That is correct. So it depends on the system. So there's different pageants, but there are definitely categories for women over the age of 34. Some of them are specifically for over 40, Mm -hmm. some are for over 50, and there's even 60 and over. Mm -hmm. So you can participate at any age. It's never too late to start is the main message I would tell people. Don't think you need to have a background in pageantry like, you know, toddlers and tiaras type of thing. You don't need to grow up in it. You can absolutely start at any age. Hmm, That's good to know. So anyone listening, that's something to think about. That's, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So that's good to know. So while we're on the subject, though, tell us the similarities and differences between Miss and Mrs. Okay, so I have to say, since I never competed in Miss, some of what I know about that category is kind of just my perceptions. Mm -hmm. But first of all, I guess in classic pageantry, Miss is unmarried, never married, and under a particular age. Mm -hmm. Mrs. would be married. But in my particular pageant system, I'm competing in the Mrs. America. We have a category called Miss that really is just any unmarried woman, whether you're never married, divorced, or widowed, and you can be of any age. Pretty simple, right? It is pretty simple, but some people kind of ask me about the difference between Mrs. and Miss at a, how do I say this, kind of a, a level of 
what you see on TV, right? When people think of Miss Pageants, they kind of think of what you might see in media. Um, some of it might be a bit villainized for a number of reasons. People think of a quote unquote pageant queen who's, you know, kind of a diva, nice on the surface and not underneath. I would say in the Misses arena, I have never experienced anything like that. And I, my, theory is that's because a lot of the women who compete starting at an older age um, are just different. You know, you've already established yourself. You've already had your life. You're not there necessarily to compete against someone else. You're more there to just show yourself you can do something different. And there's more of a sisterhood and an uplifting of other women of a certain age. So um, I have found it a really rewarding experience. So maybe kind of, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but maybe kind of competing against yourself to prove what you can do, what, you know, mm-hmm. just proving that you can, you can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I think some women enter because they're already in a place where they think, oh, you know, I've accomplished this and this, I'm in great shape. I love doing my hair, whatever you want right. to say. Right. And they enter, but there's a lot of women like me who joined specifically because we wanted to get out of our comfort zone or take it to the next level, mm-hmm. um, however you want to call it. And I know a lot of women actually also who joined because they felt like they lacked confidence and they did it to help themselves gain confidence over time. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that category of women and how they've really bloomed and blossomed doing this just by doing something they feared and learning the skills that it takes to just, you know, have the courage to speak in front of a crowd and go on stage and some high heels. So there's a lot of negative um, stigma out around pageantry, but I've really only seen the, the best parts of it. And I'm happy that's been my experience, honestly. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's good to know because yes, everybody, I think almost everybody walks away thinking, oh, you know, like you said, shallow personality or whatever. Mm -hmm. So okay, that's good to know. So let's take a little pivot here because I want to talk about your apps. Um, Tell us about the Key Qualitative Inc. and the Key Messages app. Sure. So um, with my business, essentially I'm a qualitative research person, which means that for most part of my job, I get to interview people, which is really fun. Um, I get to talk to people from all over the country, North and South America, and you know sometimes internationally. Most of this was before COVID, of course. Mm-hmm. And I get to interview them and just have one-on-one conversations. And through this work, I've gotten to learn so many stories of people from around the world that I never would have. And I do happen to work mostly in healthcare. So I learn a lot about different people with all different diagnoses or doctors from all different specialties. So it's great. So that's what Key Qualitative Inc. is. The Key Qualitative app, I'll just try to explain this quickly because it's not very exciting. Um, but ultimately, I, in our research world, I discovered a type of research that was really difficult to do virtually. Mm-hmm. And so I, I came up with a program that would allow research that was usually done in person to be done virtually all over the world. And so at this point, I think it's been used, I forget exactly, 10 or 12 countries and then um, translated into that many different languages. So uh, I'm really uh, proud of that one, actually, (laughs) because I like problem solving. And so you're an inventor as well. 
You know, I have literally never thought of it that way, but thank you for saying that, Sevilla. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like that to me. I mean, you literally, oh. <laughs> you said came up with, but okay, guys, we know she invented this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. It's <laughs> pretty cool. That is very cool. Speaking of apps, tell us about that one app <laughs> you signed up for at that time. Oh, okay. Um, yes. So this this is certainly we're taking a turn into the the infertility journey mm-hmm. and different triggers that may come up in your life that you don't expect at all. Right. So be warned, uh, everybody. This is yes. Be be warned. <laughs> um, right. So my infertility journey had to do with multiple uh, miscarriage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for a number of years, we just had miscarriages every single time um, we conceived. And we did, we saw specialists, we did treatment, and it just, it just kept happening. But in the first two, during the first two times um, that we got pregnant, I would download little apps that would kind of track how the fetus is growing, you know, is it the size of a peanut or a walnut or what have you, it would tell you about what symptoms you may have at that time. So what happened is there's really no button. Maybe they've changed it now, but at the time there was no button that allowed you to end the program if your pregnancy ended. Mm. So I would just delete the app and unbeknownst to me, the countdown to birth kept going. Okay. So uh, I had another miscarriage. I deleted the app. I thought nothing of it. (laughs) Mm. And apparently at the time when the baby should have been home, they went and sent me a sample pack of baby formulas, you know, with a big congratulations. And here's this different baby formula to, to try with your baby. And it landed right on my front doorstep. Mm. And I, I opened the door and I opened that package and I was just like, wow. And honestly, my, the memory I remember at the time, I laughed. I think I laughed at just kind of how absurd it was Mm -hmm. and how they didn't even think about, they were so ready to market this product. They didn't even think about, well, what if this pregnancy didn't come to term? Right, right. So that that was one of my uh, most memorable moments from from that time. Is it? Is, did you ever reach out to them? I don't remember if, um, if you. You know what? Here. I don't think I did. Okay. That's a great question. I don't think I did. I think you know if that had happened later in my life, I'm sure mm-hmm. I did. But at that point, I was just I, I didn't even know what to think. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to do. I was just so you know, wrapped up in everything. And I just found that so absurd. Mm-hmm. I think I just threw it away. And mm-hmm. that was the end of that. Okay. That, yeah, that does kind of um, pivot us into your journey. And, um, you know, I'm glad you're able to deal with it the way you did. And just so, you know, as I always tell those of you that are listening, we're all in different places on our journey. We're on um, the same journey, but just in different places in the journey. And so if you dealt with something like this or something similar, a situation similar to this, and you dealt with it a a different way, don't beat yourself up. We're all in different places. And Mm -hmm. so that's why I really wanted you to tell that story. Sorry for the triggers and everything, but um, I really wanted the listener to know that this kind of crazy stuff happens 
and we deal with it the best that we can where we are at the time. So that's why I wanted to, to hear that story or for you to tell that story. So speaking of that, then you guys decided that you wanted to make a change and you up and left Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right. So um, after our multi-year infertility battle and repeated loss, and we finally just hit a point where we had to make a decision about what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately, we did make the decision to move on child-free which was really, really difficult. Mm. But ultimately, we knew it was the right thing for us. Just what we were going through was not, it it wasn't working. If anybody listening uh, has gone through anything similar at all, you know, you know, you know what, what it's like. So ultimately, we made that decision to go on child free. But because of that, we just had this revelation that was like, we need to now kind of redefine our life. We not just redefine our life together, redefine our life separately. It just, it changed everything. But we were inspired to the point that we thought not just redefine our life, but we can reimagine it. So we always pictured ourselves as parents, but now that we're not what can we picture? What can we do differently? So ultimately that led to us selling our home and moving to Colorado kind of sight unseen almost. I think we just visited one time Um, and we moved to Colorado. We didn't know a soul there. My husband didn't have a job set up. I was able to just move my business. We, you know, sold or donated most of the things we own and we just packed up and we moved to Colorado And it turned out to be the best decision of our lives. It changed our entire lives and it, it helped us heal from the deep trauma Mm -hmm. that we had gone through. And we made lifelong friends there. When we came back, even just speaking with our family, but also our friends, they noticed a change just in our hearts and our Mm -hmm. souls and how we, how we were able to kind of just heal and turn into something slightly different out there just by purposefully taking control of our life when feeling for so many years that we didn't have any control. Right. And I think that's the key right there. That's the key. And as I listened to you tell the story, I said, wow, another marriage saved. I'm so glad to hear this because (laughs) a lot of marriages don't survive infertility. Um, And uh, I probably need to do the statistics to get the statistics on that but it's it's tough it's got to be and so yeah. i'm just glad that that you know that you guys made it through and it took a ch- um sometimes we just have to get up and just walk away or get up and move like you did and right so i'm glad that that worked out for you and then everybody saw the change you saw you said something else too you said there was a heart change mm-hmm. well can you delve into that a little bit more sure i mean i think one big part of it was just the fan. I think it's multi-part. So let me see if I can, if I can explain it, but I think one big part of it was just the satisfaction of feeling like we took control of our lives again. Mm -hmm. Like we made a decision and we could do it rather than thinking we were going to make a decision to start a family. And it went every way, but right, you know, um, And so one part of it was just taking back 
control of our own lives. That was huge. Mm. I think another part of it was just being able to get out of a situation that had been so traumatic and painful. Another part of it was if anyone listening has been to Colorado or lives in Colorado or lives in any place where you have direct access to nature. Mm -hmm. um, We spent a lot of time just hiking and literally just walking clears your brain from Mm -hmm. years of muck, (laughs) Um, just fresh air and being with nature and just kind of regrounding yourself Mm -hmm. was hugely helpful. Um, And another thing that was helpful was really just having kind of a regional cultural shift. So We live in the mid-Atlantic, so we live right in the belly of like Philadelphia, New York, Maryland, and if you know anyone from there, you know we're kind of like a go, 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 achievement-based society kind of work to live, Um, and where we went was a little more, nope, live to work, (laughs) sorry, up here it's more like live to work, Um, but over there it's a little more work to live, kind of just you can breathe and it's okay. And just all of those factors together really just helped us out. That's awesome. That, yeah, that is a different place because like for me, like I told you earlier, I grew up in Massachusetts. So talk <laughs> talk about a go, go, go society. It's just, mm-hmm. you're totally on go all the time. Up there. Right. And you know what else? So it also was the time we were at the age where all of our friends were having kids. Mm -hmm. And so we were feeling particularly isolated. Um, But then when we moved out there, there were actually many, many more childless slash child-free people. Mm. And so we were able to find a community a little bit more so where we didn't feel as isolated. That's interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, sometimes you just have to move and sometimes people are not going to understand your decisions or they're not going to understand the changes that you need to make, but it's something that you all had to do for yourselves. Right. But I think the community element really speaks to the type of work that you do Mm -hmm. is having a community, whether it's online, whether it's in person, whether it's pen pals, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. there's just something so meaningful and having community and to talk to people who um, are in your situation or around your situation where when we were going through this back at the time, I didn't have any resources, whether online or in person. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big part when even now I was so happy to come across you and others doing your type of work, because I think it's really important for people who who don't have that kind of support system around them. Right. I um, Anybody that's listened to any number of episodes, they know how I feel about community. Uh, you need it. We, we need it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. needed. It's needed. So I'm glad that I'm glad you found us there. So there, I think I was in the same boat when I started, I couldn't find any, any resources either. I just couldn't mm-hmm. find anything. And I, I felt isolated, especially as a single person, a never married person, and then everybody around me, all my friends were having kids, getting married, having kids. And I don't know, my life just seemed to come to a standstill. Couldn't mm. meet anybody, couldn't have any kids. It was just, like you said, it was isolating. And so then yeah. not being able to, you know, talk to anybody about it. Nobody understood. Everybody else was living a quote unquote normal life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, community is huge. It is, it is. So tell us now about your platform. Speaking of community, tell us about Bigger Than Infertility. Bigger Than Infertility is the platform that 
Well, actually, I mean, initially it came because in pageantry, um, one big thing you do is just support a topic that's important to you. So a topic that is of huge importance to me in my life is um, infertility, that journey, and also, you know, the kind of childless, not by choice life. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to speak on that. And I think a lot of people talk about infertility awareness, but really not a lot of people talk about the childless, not by choice element. So I came up with this platform called Bigger Than Infertility, and it really builds on a big way I was able to kind of heal and rebuild myself from this whole journey. Mm -hmm. And that was through volunteerism and community service. So going back to what I said about having to reimagine and redefine our life, I had to redefine my own self. And in part of that, um, I started doing a lot more community service and it, it made a huge difference for me. So I kind of thought, well, if it helped me to that extent, maybe it can help other women. So I started a, what I will call a volunteer hours drive. Mm -hmm. So think fundraiser, but instead of donating money, you donate your time. Um, It launched right before New Year's Eve of uh, 2021. And so basically all you have to do to participate is either say, that you pledge some hours. Let's say you want to pledge five hours of uh, volunteer work in the next year. You tell me that I add it to the overall hours bank, and then you go about and do your five hours of service. Ideally, after you do your service is you would come back and um, share your story with the bigger than infertility community. Mm -hmm. So other women and men can hopefully also get inspired by what you've done. And then they go ahead and pledge some hours and do some volunteer work. And we've been running, I guess now for about a month. Mm -hmm. And as of now, we have 201 hours pledged and some done, some pledged, but ultimately we're still at 201 hours. But I think that's huge. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, going back to the intro in terms of sharing your gifts, you know, Mm -hmm. as a, as a childless child-free woman at different times, you can feel unworthy. You can feel not enough. You can feel pressured, like, because you didn't put a child into the world, you haven't uh, contributed anything. But I say, no, (laughs) I say no to that. Um, I say we have a ton of gifts to share and I think we should share them. And so by doing this volunteer service hour drive, You can share your gifts with your community. You can share your story with our community. And by the end of the year, we can have this collection of hours and stories of all this great work that people like us have done. And we can look back and say, look at the difference we made. Mm. We can make an impact. We do have things to offer. We are enough. And that's the whole goal of my, my platform. And we are here for a reason. Exactly. You know, we just have to find out what it is, which is something I always say. But um, just how do people come back and tell you? Is there an app? Are they coming back to an app or? So, yes, there are a couple different ways. You can either pledge hours or tell me about hours you've already done, which I will happily add to the count. So through Instagram, you can follow at bigger than infertility. And so you can either leave a comment on any of my posts or send a direct message. Or you can go through the official website, 
which is biggerthaninfertility.org. And through there, you can email, you can um, submit your story. There's a few different ways you can actually share it. But ultimately, please do share it. You know, even one hour. I had a a woman this past week who donated one hour, Mm -hmm. which is great. So some people say, you know, they go big swings. I'll do 50 hours, 10 hours. She donated one hour and that is plenty. I am sure within that one hour, she made more of a difference for at least someone than she could even imagine. So even if you have one hour or you've done one hour, I really encourage you to share that. Okay. I just went because I wanted to be sure. I'm like, I know I'm following you on Instagram, but I just went to see if I was following you on the bigger than infertility. And I am. So I'm like, wait, I think I was following her there, but yes. And I see where you say on there, 201 hours donated. Woo-hoo. <laughs> yes. And I think that's huge. I, I think that is so good. So for, you know, even for people outside of our community who may have interesting and incorrect ideas about us, you know, you can just say, guess what, you know, in this past year, we all collectively did all this great stuff. Just, you can sit down and be quiet and go over yeah. there. Right. We we have plenty to give. So let's just show it and let's show ourselves. More importantly, let's show ourselves that. Right. This is about us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. And then um, that's bigger than infertility.org. I, put, I just put that in the show notes. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I just added that in. And then let me go back to my questions because um, I want to be sure I capture everything. That was the newest information though, right? Was that you, you've started with the volunteer, um, the volunteering, right? Correct. Yes. Because last time we spoke, it was kind of um, in the works, but now it has been launched. It's up and running. People are donating hours and sharing their story and it's, it's been great. Okay. So any community service counts, guys, everyone listening, guys and dolls. (laughs) And this is really exciting. Um, And you work with um, homeless people as well? I do. So that's one of my personal areas of of volunteer work. Mm -hmm. Between that and solving hunger um, are important to me. But mostly, yes, I do work with the homeless and it's unfortunate. I'm going to be honest because last year in the winter, I was able to work at the overnight shelter, um, the Code Blue shelter, which is what opens overnight during the late fall, winter, and early spring hours. So everyone has a place to stay. But with COVID, a lot of that stuff got shut down, wow. which is very difficult because yeah. who, where you know, where are people going? Um, so between that and I work with the local, um, women's homeless, it's not a shelter. It's actually a program that, um, reintroduces homeless women into the homed life. So they can stay there for, they can stay at the house for a number of months. And while they're there, they receive programming in terms of things like, um, resume writing, banking, um, conflict resolution, all different types of things to just get them rehomed. Mm-hmm. And one of the best parts of this program that I absolutely love is for all the money they save while they're there. Mm-hmm. We have a local bag that matches it. Mm-hmm. So they end up leaving with double of the money that they came in with to help get them started and help get them apartments and transportation and things like that. Um, and that's kind of where my passion is in terms of volunteering. Mm-hmm. 
but everybody has their own thing. And that's why I'm really excited about this project because you don't have to do what somebody else does in terms of volunteering. And there's so many things you can do. And one thing I try to put on the website and post about every now and then is resources in terms of um, volunteer opportunities. Cause something I hear from a lot of people is I would love to volunteer, but I just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So I have on the website some different links to different places you can go. And now my big thing is trying to share resources about different online opportunities because we are unfortunately still in this COVID world. And I know people would love to help, but they don't want to, you know, go and interact with people. So there are also online opportunities. So if you're looking for some of those, do um, check out the website, check out the Instagram account, and hopefully you can find something that speaks to you. That sounds like a great idea. So people don't want to get exposed, but they want to help still. And mm-hmm. you can do this remotely. So I, I like that. Okay. So you guys are hearing this. Um, please do visit the website and the Instagram pages. There's your page and then there's the uh, just, I mean, the Marilissa Beatty page, right? Right. So I have my uh, Mrs. Pennsylvania Instagram account, and then I have a whole separate bigger than infertility account. Okay. Okay. So Mrs. Pennsylvania or bigger than infertility, those are the Instagram pages. And then of course the website, it is in the show notes, everybody. And just make sure that's why I was asking you all to make sure that you review the show notes because there's a ton of information in there and any, a lot of links, anything that you want to, um, to find out about our guest and about this particular episode, it is in the show notes. All of it is anything final that you want to tell the world, tell us before we finish here, Marilissa. I think us in the childless community, Actually, honestly, everybody in the world has to do this, but I'll focus this on us. Um, You really have to take specific and meaningful steps to make yourself happy and, you know, feel like you're fulfilled. Do the things that feed you, you know, do the things that water you. Mm -hmm. You're not going to accidentally get rained on. I mean, maybe you will, (laughs) but really you kind of have to, you have to water yourself. You have to fill your own cup and just find something that makes you excited and see how you can lean into it. Not everyone's going to move across the country randomly, right? (laughs) But little things you can do to just give yourself that spark of joy and continue to do that for as long as you can in life. I, I think that's the best thing we all can do. And, you know, as you were telling that story about moving and how the moving helped you, you both, you and your husband, and how it changed you for the, the better. And when you came back, your family and friends noticed a change. It, it made me think about boundaries. I uh-huh. mean, the word boundaries can sometimes sound negative, but it's, it's like you created boundaries and the boundaries helped you and the changes that you needed to make. So I always talk about boundaries on this podcast as well. So I, this is proof that creating kind, but firm boundaries help. It helps. And so, you know, again, if you're listening and you're thinking about, like Marilissa says, you don't necessarily have to move across the country, but if you create kind, but firm boundaries, it'll help on the journey. I really, really believe that. Yes. I agree um, with you. I agree. 100%. 
biggerthaninfertility.org is the website, everybody. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. And oh, you know what? There's one other thing, the YouTube channel. So this is for anyone who enjoyed the pageantry part of our discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have a YouTube channel called All of Our Appearances Were Cancelled. And basically, it's an interview show with other um, pageant women. At this point, I think every guest I've had has been maybe between the ages of 35 and 60. Mm. Um, so it's it's more the not the miss, meaning 20 and under category. Um, my favorite part of the show is that Honestly, most of the people have watched it have nothing to do with pageantry and they really enjoy it. And they have given me great feedback because they say, you know, I'm going to be honest. I watched it because I was bored. I'm stuck inside. But but they say I have learned so much about pageantry and basically why adult women do it, what gets them into it. They share their stories and they share their journeys and they also share all the good that they're doing for their communities. So. If you have a few extra minutes and you want to check out the show, all of our appearances have been canceled on YouTube. That is the coolest title. (laughs) Well, you know what? I was like, I'm not going to beat around the bush here. (laughs) This is what happened. Everything's been canceled. So here we are on YouTube. (laughs) That's pretty cool. I love that. I love it. So Marilissa, thank you so very much for taking the time to just come talk to us, talk to the community. And um, it's truly appreciated. Thank you very much for all that you're doing in the community because you're doing something really different and pretty cool. I really love what you're doing. I love volunteer work, love helping people that are, um, you know, just hit, hit a bump in the road, maybe less fortunate. It doesn't mean it's permanent. And so we just have to be the help and the good that we want to see in the world. And I, I think that's what you're doing. So thank you very much for all you do. Thank you so much. And thank you for all you do. You put out content that so many people are looking for and in the past has been very difficult to find if people could find it at all. So honestly, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, have a great one. Bye.